Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We've been in our sermon series, Level Up. And um, Level Up is not about earning uh, or climbing a ladder up into heaven. It's about leveling up our daily faith walk. Um, And the more that we put our uh, faith into our behavior, uh, the more our faith grows and is blessed. And so each week we've been talking about this acronym, Power Up, and these are those faith practices that, where we exercise our faith. And as we exercise our faith, our faith grows. And we begin to trust more and more in Jesus. So we talked about uh, these two words, power and up. You hear those in video games all the time. It's a, it's a big thing in the Mario games. Uh, if, if you've got, caught, in the, caught the... The theme that we've been working with, uh, Mario eats uh, a a mushroom and he gets big and strong, right? That's called a power-up in a video game. And these are the things that power us up. The first word, power, includes pray, offer for the O, the W is for worship, the E is for endure, and the R is for read. Now the word is what it means. These are all faith practices that give you power, that strengthen you, that that bless you, that build you up. But then our power needs somewhere to go. And so the last two, the U and the P, have to do with the direction of where we place our power. And when we engage in those, uh, also it builds up our faith. Last week we heard about the U, it stands for uplift or encourage faith in others. Today we're going to hear about the P, and Pastor Becky mentioned it already once. The P stands for provide. Now maybe you think, okay, well what is provide? I I have providers. Uh, How many of you have a cell phone? A good chunk of you. Uh, Just like like Daniel mentioned, you can get that app on your phone, uh, the Gideon app, and you you can have the Bible with you all the time. You can have the Word of God with you. But it doesn't become the Word of God for you until you open it up and you read it, right? Um... But you, maybe you've heard of a provider, like your internet provider, right? What do they do? They give you what you want and need because that's what the word provide means. It means to give something that is needed or wanted. We talk about this a lot in the church, and I think atonement's pretty good about this. This is about sharing yourself with your neighbor. It's about serving. It's service. It's, it's loving your neighbor and loving God. It's, it's the motto that we talk about here at atonement. This is what it looks like. It looks like providing for your neighbor's needs and wants. What's interesting about these two words is that um, everybody has needs and wants. And in any relationship that you're in, if you want to bless that relationship and communicate in that relationship, whether it's between a husband and a wife or it's between uh, a brother and a sister or friends, What you want to do in any relationship to make that relationship stronger is to be able to recognize and validate your neighbor's needs and wants. That's why if you ever get in a fight with someone, uh, like your spouse, once you two have cooled down a bit, you can go and speak to each other and ask them, what are your needs and what are your wants? These are known as, as the fourth and fifth levels of communication, okay? When you can feel safe to share what you need and what you want. Do any of you like fast food? Liars. Everybody likes fast food, right? 
I'm sure all of you have a favorite fast food restaurant. And what I mean by a fast food restaurant is any place that has a drive-through window. So that includes people who like Starbucks. If you like Starbucks, you can put it there. Now what you may not know about them is that those companies spend millions of dollars to learn how to communicate to you in such a way that your needs and your wants are validated. You pull up to McDonald's and they say, hey, welcome to McDonald's, how can I help you? You say, I want a Big Mac, fries, and a shake. The first thing they say back to you is, okay, you want a Big Mac, fries, and a shake. And if they say it back to you correctly, you say yes, and then they'll say, anything else? Nope, I'm good. All right, it's so much money, pull forward. If you receive that Big Mac, fries, and a shake, you've been validated in your wants and your needs, and you've received what you needed. That is all what provide is about. And as Christians, the way we share the gospel is by providing the gospel through our actions and through our words for those who need it. This is what Feed My Starving Children is all about. I don't have to tell you about Jesus. I can show you by how I love, love you by helping you with all of your concerns. So in Galatians that Pastor Becky read, this is four opportunities. Um, there are millions of opportunities to provide for your neighbor. These are just four, okay? So it's, it's not an unlimited list. Although I would say within these four is pretty much everything you can imagine, okay? So we have Galatians 6.1. It says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So the first opportunity to provide is restore sinners gently. We're all sinners. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. But we are sinners who are saved by faith in Jesus Christ, and that means that you have power, you have good news to do the things that Jesus does. This first one is about forgiveness. How many of you uh, hung out here during the summer? Remember the summer? Can you believe that only three weeks ago it was 90 degrees? Listen to that. Oh, I'm sorry. I wouldn't hurt anyone's feelings. But in the summer, when it was really hot, we would come here in this air-conditioned room and we would hear about how to forgive. That was our sermon series then. Well, this is forgiving in action. Providing is forgiving. And to forgive gently because we are all sinners who need to be restored. And so... Uh, that's one way that you can provide to others, is restore those who've transgressed, especially in the family of God, especially in your neighbors here. How we treat each other is, is, is tantamount to how we share the gospel beyond these four walls. He goes on and he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I thought this was interesting. This is Galatians 6.2. What is the law of Christ? Have you ever thought about that? It's not the Ten Commandments. That's the law of Moses. And all the writings in the Old Testament is the law of Moses. So what is the law of Christ? Well, if you read the New Testament, you could probably go through and pick out all the commands that Jesus gives us. And there's a lot of them. But it all can be summed up in actually Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. Just the chapter before Paul is saying these things, he says, For you were called to freedom. When we think of law, we often think of restricting our freedom. What laws do is they restrict, they restrict evil and sin. That's the purpose of the law. But the law of Christ includes freedom. 
but freedom not just from, but freedom to. Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, we're talking about opportunities here, but through love, serve. That's the law of Christ. Love God, love people. Now, using the word love, and we might think, well, what is love? We use love in such a, a fickle manner in the United States. It, it's such a, 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 an overused buzzword and misused buzzword. I mean, how often, and I do it too, uh, it's Reformation Sunday. People are, are choosing to wear red to celebrate that today. You don't have to wear red, so don't feel bad if you didn't. But in the first service, I, I walked by someone that had a really nice red sweater on, and I said, Ah, oh, I love your sweater. But did I mean it? No. No, I didn't. What I meant was, like. I like your sweater. We use love as if it's like. I love your shoes. I love your hair. I love, I love the, the Diamondbacks. Anyone watching the World Series? All right, if you're a, if you're a, a Rangers fan, don't just disallow what I just said. But we, we say love when we really mean like, because love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Love in the Bible is an action word. Love means to bear your neighbor's burdens. Bearing your neighbor's burdens equals love. That's what love means. That's what love is. It's bearing your neighbor's burdens. Now, here's what love is not. Love is not tolerance. Tolerance is tolerance. And tolerance is a good thing. We should tolerate our neighbors, and our neighbors' sins or, or what they're doing. But love does not tolerate your neighbor's sins because your neighbor's sins is their suffering and their burden. Love bears your neighbor's burdens. It takes those burdens upon yourself. It's a, it's a pouring out. It's a sacrificing of yourself. So love is not tolerance. And love is not indifference to your neighbor's suffering. To love someone is when they are suffering, you step in. Now, you got to use your own um, common sense, your own judgment as to how to step in, how to support those um, and help them bear their burdens by you picking up their burdens, carrying them. You know, that's for you to discern. This isn't a right or wrong. But the point is that love is not... A thought, it's not a feeling, it's an action. And it looks like bearing your neighbor's burdens, taking their burdens upon yourself. Because guess what Jesus did? Jesus bared your burdens and my burdens, your sins and my sins, and the world's sins, to the cross. He took them there so that we're free of them because they belong to him and he brought them to die for you and for me. Next, one who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. The word is really cool, uh, taught and teach that's used here in this translation because it's Reformation Sunday and that also means that it's Confirmation Sunday here at Atonement and this word teach and taught both mean the same word for confirmation. It's catechesis or learning. And what is the point here? That we are to provide for those, we're support those who teach us the word. 
Last week we heard about these people, we called them uplifters. Share with your uplifters. Support people who support you with the gospel. And this isn't just an offering, it's a relationship. When someone shares Jesus with you, it's not as if, okay, yeah, I heard that, that's great, and off, off you go, as if you've solved this Jesus project. When someone shares Jesus with you, that's a brother, that's a sister for eternity. You're going to know that person forever. And so in this life, we are to support those who support us. We are to build up those who build us up. Uh, and so we are to share all good things with the uplifters in your life. And it says, so then, as we have opportunity, there's that word opportunity again. Remember, these are just a few of them. He summarizes it by saying, let us do good to everyone. You might be like, how do I take care of everyone? Notice, it's as you have opportunity. The Lord is putting people in your life in order for you to exercise the power up provide, in order for you to love on them. And in loving on them, we know that a few things happen. If you want to be happy, if you're feeling miserable, you're not going to be happy by making more money or having more responsibilities or having more success in, in the work world, the way you're going to become more happy, and this has been shown to be the case through science, is serving people. It's feed my starving children, guys. It's the people in your life that God has put there for you to serve. When you serve them, it makes you happy. Seems kind of counterproductive because often we think, you know, work, that's no fun. It actually makes you happier when you serve people. And especially, we are to do good to those who are of the household of faith. How will they know that we are Christians? By our love to each other. How we take care of each other and build each other up is a witness to the world. So the people around you, these are your brothers and sisters in the faith. This is your family. And as we treat each other like family, um, we point to Jesus. So number four, do good to everyone, especially your faith family. Now finally, I want you to know that this is not a sprint. This isn't a checkoff list. This is a marathon. From the moment Jesus tackles you, you spend the rest of your life getting used to the fact that you have a Savior. And the more you exercise these these faith exercises, the more you build up your faith muscles to have a happy, healthy, and free and enjoyable life, to level up your faith. But it's not a sprint. We can learn something from farmers, and that's why Paul uses this reference. He says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. When we care for people, it's not because we're expecting immediate um, uh, changes in their behavior. This is, this is a bit of, of suffering for the sake of your neighbor when you bear their burdens, when you love on people. But the more you do it, just like a farmer who prepares by sowing, and then at the end of the season, the, reap, the harvest comes, that's how it is for Christians as well. We don't serve people to, to uh, 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 make rapid change in, in their life. We serve them so that we can serve Jesus. Jesus faithfully served by dying on the cross for you and me so that we can serve faithfully those that he puts in, in our life. 
and therefore shine the light of Christ to them. So I leave you with this promise, which is the promise that makes it so, that will give you the power that you need in order to provide. It's the promise that Martin Luther and the Reformers rediscovered on this day that we celebrate and remember the Reformation. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Word of God, made true for you. And he died on the cross for you, for your sake, taking upon himself all of your sins, all of my sins, all of the world's sins. And so I announce to you the gospel, the good news that we acquire by faith and are empowered and strengthened in order to live as the good creation God intended us to be. I announce to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. Amen.